You're listening to The Real King with Joe and Heidi King. We pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done. But what does that mean? What does it mean to have God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Today, join us for a conversation on sharing Jesus with others in order to bring them into that love. First of all, uh, last week, Heidi and I did the podcast together without you. Wasn't that amazing? No. (laughs) It's very clear that like... I talk too much. No. We're a three-legged stool. Yep. Mm -hmm. And if one of the stool's legs get knocked out, (laughs) we're in tap. I mean, it really questioned our entire friendship. We we can talk. Are we friends? Listen, we can talk. <laughs> just like shoot the breeze for hours on end. You should have just kept your phone up to your ear. I actually. Oh, wait, you guys always talk on speakerphone. Anyway. I told Christine. I said maybe I should have went in the other room. Right. Maybe it would have been better. <laughs> I could probably do most of a podcast by myself. Absolutely. He's like, a filler. T- Tim Ross does that. Like he'll just sit and talk like for a monologue, like an hour and a half. But here's the thing. I I recently had to do for a different project an episode two episodes of a totally different subject matter but about communication and I did two episodes by myself and it goes faster than you think. Yeah. Anywho, uh you were missed. You were. We missed you, Joe. I I missed. Welcome doing back. It. Did you? Mhm. It felt unnatural. It felt like something was We've missing. been doing it long enough now where it's it's like part of the routine did you guys have a good we're not gonna tell you what we talked about oh because no, it was probably about me no it's for the gals you're mm. gonna have to listen to it probably from probably about me and then i want you to mark every moment where you want to you know jump out a window, <laughs> <laughs> jump out a window? i thought you were gonna say jump in and talk no i was gonna say correct. that would be weird <laughs> I don't correct anybody. <laughs> All right, um, what do you want to talk about tonight? Oh, man. I went to John 3.3, 3, but... The book of Jonathan. I can't remember what you said about it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's good. Do you, ever go, do you ever have somebody be like, hey, let's go to these verses? And you're like, oh. <laughs> no. Have you ever had them go, let's go to these verses? Let's and they the, read them, and I'm let's like, Let's go what? to Leviticus. <laughs> yeah. We had, first of all, it's Sunday, which is odd. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, we had church this morning. Mm-hmm. It was good. It was very good. There was, um, it was a good thing it wasn't family Sunday. We had one of those Sundays where sometimes you got to talk about uncomfortable topics. Yeah. <laughs> Today was an uncomfortable topic. What you talk it about? It was. Um, <clears throat> Obey. We can't pastor, discuss it. Pastor. Express mentioned, concern. Yeah, as like statistics of Christians and pornography. Mm, so yeah. that is not uncomfortable for me mm-hmm. because I've been delivered in that area. Yeah. And so for me, that's kind of my wheelhouse. I like to have transparency there. Yeah. But it's some good. people like. You can watch their eyeballs. When Pastor kind of pop says, out of their I'm head. so yeah. glad it's not Family Sunday and there's no kids in here, and then goes for it. <laughs> yeah. That's how he opened That was his yeah. opener. And like oh, eyebrows buck, buck raised. Yeah. I was like, come me and, on. Me and mom looked at each other like, here we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was all right, though. It was good. Oh, I was just, the reason why I sent you to John 3 3 yeah. is because um, last week, in pastor sermon, he was talking about things and he had covered some of the verses there. And, and I really was inspired yeah. in thought um, and in spirit. Mm-hmm. It's the moment when Nicodemus, um, the Pharisee, met with Jesus oh, and by came the way, to him at night. You need to watch The Chosen. Because it does bring it alive. Because even him saying Nicodemus now, it's like I can immediately visualize that. You need to watch The Chosen if you haven't, because this this part of The Chosen is very good. And the way that they portrayed his personality, like yeah. I can see him saying what he says in these scriptures yes. now. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, uh, there's an amazing 
turn with Nicodemus is when you, when you see in Matthew when <clears throat> when Jesus is crucified, uh, it says that he came and he brought very expensive things for the burial. So, him and Joseph of Arimathea. Now there was a certain man among the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler, a leader, an authority among the Jews, who came to Jesus at night and said to him, Rabbi, we know and are certain that you have come from God as a teacher. For no one can do these signs, these wonder works, these miracles, and produce the proofs that you do unless God is with them. Three, Jesus answered him, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, that unless a person is born again anew from above, he cannot ever see, know, be acquainted with, and experience the kingdom of God. Hmm. Now Nicodemus goes on to ask if he could be, you know, put back in his mother, you know, and born that way. And then Jesus explains to him, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, unless a man is born of water and even the spirit, he cannot ever enter the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. But what got me is when, when it says that he cannot ever see or know or be acquainted with and experience the kingdom, that's what got me going. It was like all of a sudden I was feeling the Holy Spirit. And when you jump into Matthew 6, um, 6, 9, you're, you're in the Lord's Prayer, and Jesus is teaching people how to pray. Um, in 7, he says, but when, when you pray, mm-hmm. now I just jump from Amplified to Strong's King James, so the, the language is a little different. Okay. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions like the heathen, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Mm-hmm. But not ye therefore like unto know them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. I'm going to tell you right now, I didn't understand that. <laughs> you don't need yeah. to heap up your thoughts and your ideas and your options because he already knows the intention of your heart yeah. okay. and why you're praying before you even start to pray. Yeah. Yeah. After this manner, therefore pray ye. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And that's where it got me. Thy kingdom come, thy Mm -hmm. will be done. You will not see the kingdom. And all of a sudden I started having like this, this overwhelming vision of what the kingdom looks like. We don't need, you know, in, in the context of that verse, people, I think, tend to look at um, seeing the kingdom as in like salvation, afterlife, mm-hmm. eternal, right. Yeah. right? But when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, he was, he was in the beginnings of his ministry. Yeah. So for us to have the kingdom manifest through us on this earth, we need to be born again. Mm. Do you know what's interesting? Is that you and I haven't talked... But did you notice a theme with all of our songs this morning? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It was good. It was sort of un- unintentional. Yeah. Like, I didn't think about it until I was here. But we started with our father. Mm. And then we had fresh fire. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I took everything <laughs> in me not to get up and read all these. <clears throat> and then we did I've It Is So. I've been on this for a week. Yeah. Oh, I love that song. Mm-hmm. And then we did Yeshua. Yeah. So like all of them had, with the exception of Fresh Fire, but still, they had this theme running through them of our Father, yeah. your kingdom come, your will be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we had uh, we had a thing going on. These mics are hot, man. Yeah. Like, you right. can hear, hear my heartbeat. Max Max was in a in quinceanera. Nice job. Good job, Joe. Quinceanera. So he was in that um, dancing. (laughs) And at one of the practices, there was a a lady that was involved with... senora. Yeah. (laughs) And um, somebody had told... A couple of the boys are in in youth group together. (laughs) And somebody had told them that this woman was diagnosed with cervical cancer. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and that she was going through some things. And then when we arrived to pick him up, the, the mother came and said, um, the boys want to pray for this lady. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know me, I'm like, well, what are you waiting for? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and she kind of told me what was going on. So after we were getting ready to leave, um, I, I can't remember if it was Heidi or somebody said, well, are you guys going to pray? Mm-hmm. So they went over and they asked somebody else to interpret the woman's daughter. Like, can, can these boys, can these kids pray? Mm-hmm. And she came over and she said, okay. And she welcomed it. And she didn't speak any English. So they, they started to pray. And when they started praying in the name of Jesus, she started shaking her head yes. Mm-hmm. They only... The interpreter girl was only asking if they could pray, though. Once they started praying, she wasn't she interpreting interpret. their prayers. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they laid hands on her, and they prayed for healing. Yep. Uh, it's been, what, two weeks? Mm-hmm. Maybe a week and a half, two weeks. Um, Max gets a message that this lady is completely cancer-free. Yeah. Wow. And then the, the mother of the girl that had the birthday sent and tagged us in a video of her ringing the bell at the cancer That's ward cool. and crying. Wow. And God's been doing this thing where he's showing me, you know, in that verse about seeing the kingdom. And when we, when we get to heaven, when we get into eternity, we're not going to have the cancers, the trials, the tribulations, the things like that. Right. So seeing the kingdom then is going to be, that's, that's kind of a no brainer, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to be in it, but to see it manifest here. Where what we will have is fellow of. subjects mm-hmm. of the kingdom yeah. who became part of the kingdom here. Yeah. And we want to see his kingdom in the Lord's prayer. He says, pray your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. So we have What's this. What's the verse, whatever we lose? Oh, what, that's in Isaiah. Whatever we bind on earth has already been bound in the heavenlies. You should pull it up. When these kids mm-hmm. stood in that little bit of faith and that sense of urgency to lay hands on this lady that they did not know. All they mm-hmm. knew is what they were told, be nice to this lady because she's battling with this. And then they got to see God intervene and do a miracle. And now it's medically documented. Mm-hmm. And God's been putting me on this journey about what it means to uh, see the kingdom and, and not to sit here and think that I have to wait mm-hmm. until I leave this shell this mortal body. Right. But I get to get a taste of immortality. I get to get a taste of, of the supernatural here being born again mm-hmm. and having supernatural added to my natural. Yeah. It's in Matthew 18. Matthew 18, 18. Well, I mean, it's all, there's multiple places, but Matthew 18, 18 is one of them. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Mm. Yeah. Matthew 18, 17, 18. So he says how to pray, but I feel like we also need to apply that. I love, I love how. And employ that skill in our, in our prayer and say, I'm loosing on earth. Healing. Healing and whatever, you know, in that case, healing, but prosperity Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. all the fruits of the spirit too. Yeah. I love joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, self-control. And then in 19, it says, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning Mm -hmm. anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. Anything. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. And in John, it says that John 16 says that he'll answer the prayer that your joy might be full. Yeah. Um, Sometimes when I pray, what you pray for. Yeah. Sometimes when I pray, for people and I'm not with somebody mm-hmm. and I think about the fact where two agree, well, I know that Jesus is advocating for me. He sits at the right hand of the Father in intercession. Yeah. So I know that I have a partner mm-hmm. and I have the Holy Spirit who's also my helper. Yeah. So I have two or three in agreement with me there mm-hmm. as long as I'm praying in accordance to the will of God. Right. Pastor Tim has a phenomenal 
way of dis, um, I guess explaining that verse just mm-hmm. because it, it so he grew up as a like a farmhand you know mm-hmm. and worked on his uncle's farm and his dad's farm right and he would always talk about baling twine so when you cut the hay or or whatever product and it goes up into the machine the straw yeah it comes out bound and it keeps it all together and if one side uh, of the baler isn't working, then you have a, a bale that's loose on one end mm. and you, it'll all fall apart and you can't handle it. Like right. it's hard to handle and you got a mess. Um, uh, most often, he, t- he talks about how most often people read those scriptures and they think about tying somebody up. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm going to bind the devil. I'm going to tie him up so that his hands are not free to do whatever. But he says it's not just about those types of prayers. It's about also taking the word of God and binding it to the, the, the subject or the person with the, with the issue. So now all of a sudden you bind um, God's word, the healing scriptures, Matthew 8, 17, mm-hmm. uh, 1 Peter 2, 24, Isaiah 53, 5, by your stripes I've been already healed. And now you're saying, Lord, I, I want to bind those to the situation so mm-hmm. that they're completely surrounded and enveloped by your word. Yeah. So it's it's interesting when you start going down that road of what the kingdom looks like mm-hmm. here on earth. Mm-hmm. I I get to see a lot of things just because of what I do for a living. Right. So I get to see a lot of you know, manifestations of God's presence on this earth. I get to see a lot of miraculous things. Heidi doesn't, you don't see that as much at work, but she's not seeing a lot of it. You get the opportunity for people to reach out to you outside of work too. Yeah. Well, and once you like kind of make your faith known, Mm -hmm. it brings other people out. Yeah. They, they seek you out. It's kind of funny because we talked about that recently too with like politics, you know, and it's like people kind of look at you like, are you, are you? Yeah. Yeah. What side of the fence are you on? Are you like, they're like, are you a Christian? (laughs) And you're like, yeah. Yeah. Do you know that I literally put that on like my, like who introduced yourself yeah (laughs) like literally it's in your signature line every single time actually there's a girl at work that her signature line is like john 316 oh really like you go girl i don't think we're allowed to do that we have like a standard thing yeah go for it yeah it needs to be infiltrated that also is what pastor talked about today what is being being your your faith bold representing But it, when you're at work, that has to get just as bold as all of this other stuff because we have like Diablo pictures on like KFC packaging now and like insane things, mm. the whole Target thing that's going on with the stuff in their stores. And sin is getting bold, like very, very bold. It, it's, it's always been bold. There's, there's a place different in- though, it, there's a different level of it. Yeah. So it's emboldened. Something. It, it's been prevalent and like obvious in a lot of different ways, but there's, but there's no they're taking ground yeah. in places where you least expect it yeah. and where, where they're not, they're not expecting it and they would, they don't look for it there and they're unprepared. Mm-hmm. Years ago, there was, there was still etiquette and reverence. Yeah. So you didn't now, drive. Now nothing is sacred. No. Yeah, you didn't drive past an adult bookstore at noon and see cars. Right. You know, it was after dark. Yeah. That you would see people entering an establishment like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, even the hours places like that kept. Nowadays, you can drive by. I've seen people's work vehicles. Yeah. With with like badges, <laughs> lettered, wrapped vehicles. You know what else too is like. The enemy is so strategic mm-hmm. that they'll take multiple vices, right, mm. and put them together. So where you maybe wouldn't have had people go to, like, an adult bookstore before, well, now 
it's also a smoke shop. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it lures them in for a totally different problem that yeah. they have. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, all that other stuff is in their face yeah. too. But it's time that we get bold with our, yeah. with our beliefs. We literally have nothing to lose. We're going to get swallowed alive though. If our, if our boldness doesn't start ramping up with what we say and what we believe, and I'm not okay with this and this isn't okay. And this is right. And this is wrong. And all of these things, the world is literally swallowing us alive. Right I will now. say not to get all political. Um, but sometimes you have to get a little political because they, they, they just coincide, they go hand in hand. But some of these corporations that have tried to take a stand on the wrong side of the fence have suffered severe losses. Mm -hmm. Target last year, last year, nope. Target last week, their stock price went down. They lost like, they lost like $10 billion last week Mm -hmm. from one week of Basically, it's the evangelical women mm. that decided enough is enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy how many people I know that only shop at Target. Mm-hmm. I was one of them. Yeah. 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 Well, I know a ton. Yeah. I would rather go to Target and pay $50 more for something than I would at Walmart. Yeah. And now, no, but. Yeah. Truly. Is that not. Yeah, but they were wild? even loose with the bathroom thing. You know, I well, think people. I tell people this all the time when they tell me, like, if I'm going to do this, right, I'm going to go to this um, ministry training, and I'm going to move to this state because I know I'll be able to do this there. And I'm like, you're not going to do that there if you didn't do it here. Yeah. I think that's a big myth everybody Um, thinks. Like, if you, here's the thing you don't have to be fully prepared or fully ready for God to use you. Right. Yeah. You just have to be a willing participant mm-hmm. and he can, and honestly, there's times where he even uses people that don't even know it. I think, it, but people think that like, well, I can't, I can't be of use to the kingdom where I'm at because I have too many old ties. I have, there's too yeah. much water under the bridge. I, you know, I've sullied my own reputa- re- reputation, that sort of thing. Yeah. And that's a lie from the pit. Yeah. It, it really is because that's putting God and his capabilities in a box. Mm-hmm. He can, he can use you wherever you are and you should be willing. He's placed you here for a reason. Joyce Myers always talks about when people are like, Lord, get me out of this job because nobody here serves you. And they list off all these reasons why they don't want to be there. And it's because they're surrounded by people that don't follow Christ. And she's like, Hello, dummy. Yeah. You're there. You were placed there for a reason. Light and darkness. Yeah. So there's a guy coming to church that I witnessed to in their home, and he's bringing his family. I saw you praying together today. He prayed for me twice today. He prayed for you? Yes. He prayed for me twice today. Like, did you ask for it, or did he just pray for you? He came up to me uh, in the middle, towards the end of service, and he said, I need to pray for you. What did he say? Because it's going to get into the 90s, and he's worried about me at work. Did he, did he pray out loud? Kind of. I helped him. Yeah, that's awesome. But that's still like, oh my god! I worked in this guy's house for like five years and never even I knew never he had for any you. faith. Yeah. Well, okay, so. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, she, she texted me this picture. She's like, I go to send Joe one text. I edited it for him so he didn't see it. And what did it say? I'm like spraying for you or something. <laughs> She's like the one time I want to be serious and uplift them. I'm like, hey, I'm thinking of you and spraying for you. I, I, was, I was grateful. Pre-spraying for yeah, you. I'm there spiritually with you spraying the carpet. So so dumb. I edited it so he couldn't see it. It was so funny. This This is the deal. When it comes to taking the stand and putting on your big boy shorts, right? Your trousers, if you will. Yeah. We. I thought you were going to say baddies for a minute. And I was like, that's the opposite of what we're preaching on right now. Joe. If we, if we wait to pick the biggest hill to die on, um, we'll probably never get there. We're always going to find some reason to rationalize why it's not a good time. Winston Churchill. Like I can't, I can't believe I remember this quote, but he said, 
if you don't have any enemies in life, you have never stood up for anything, mm-hmm. right? That's true. We're not called, we're not, which is where the next verses I'm going to take us into. Yeah. We're not called to be everybody's everything. We're not called, we're not God, but we are called to be a voice uh-huh. um, that that is in truth. We're yeah. not to bear false witness. Right. I can't agree with um, mis- misgendering people uh, yeah, that's purposely. Foolish. Yeah. I can't agree with any of that. I can't agree with pronouns because I have to. Um, I cannot bear false witness. Right. When I got delivered and set free from all the crazy stuff, right? And God's yeah. really been taking me through a journey on that because he was showing me that ever since I was a small child, like mm-hmm. six, seven, eight years old, I would come under torment by irrational fear. Yeah, I knew that. Like crazy stuff. Like I think I, I mentioned it to Heidi Stay up in times. the middle of the night thinking yeah. about like, what if I have HIV? I know. It's, you know, that's heartbreaking. You always did have a thing with STDs. Anything like that. Yeah. Like just irrational. Like you get. I never had one. Yeah. Also constantly afraid of something going in his eye. Always. Like well, nothing that, could that, be. That was rational. Cause like I literally, uncle David gave me a hatchet when I was like nine. <laughs> of course. And I chopped into a can of plumber cement and it went in my eyes. And he has yet to recover emotionally. Mom's cousin Kathy was there. I remember and these that. Two and Pentecostal-ish ladies, long hair, ish, dresses. Ish. Well, they they had left like the 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 church of like the Pentecostal church, but they Mom still. Mom was set free from legalism. Yeah. yeah. But th- so these ladies were like flushing my eyeballs with a turkey baster. Absolutely, with a turkey baster. Like that calling was pretty traumatic. Poison control on a on a landline phone and screaming in other tongues for God to save my eyeballs. And it was like way more dramatic. Do you want to know what's crazy though? It worked. You have like perfect vision. Better than than good in one and then perfect in the other. Hey, can I bring us back real quick? Heidi and I, we were talking about we can overthink it and Mm. overcomplicate it so much. And all, all we need to do is just show love and compassion and the fruits of the spirit to people, Mm -hmm. no matter who they are Mm -hmm. and worry less about their reaction, worry less about our, like the vanity of things. Mm -hmm. Right. But focus on just taking ground, sharing the gospel, making people feel included and loved and showing like literally showing them Jesus through us. And a lot of the times we deem them as not ready. Yeah. But they are. Like yeah. God prepares the hearts of all his people before he sends you out into those areas. Like, so we watched Jonah. So this is all, you know, coming uh-huh. today. We watched the Jonah video and we talked about that on Sunday school today. Yeah. And it was, I'm not going to repeat the story because everybody knows it, but it was basically him being like, these people, first of all, they don't deserve it. Yep. They don't deserve your mercy and your grace. And I know you're going to give it to them. So I'm not going to go there. <laughs> and it was all of this stuff that was like, they, by the time he ended up there, yeah, they were ready. Mm-hmm. They were, they were ready. They're like, all right, let's, let's go. They, they had to fast and they had to be all in their set class and they were right. ready. Like God prepared them, even though he was like, these are evil people. Mm-hmm. They don't deserve it. They're not going to change. Look at what they're doing to your name. I'm not even doing it. And then he goes there and he says it. And then even after that, he still has issues because he goes up to where he was being shaded with the tree mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Lord still was working with them. And then that's right. when like these people are ready. <clears throat> even the king was ready. Right. And see, like we can, we can delegitimize the work that we do for the kingdom all the time by brushing it off as insignificant. Mm-hmm. But Ooh, was she listening into our conversation yesterday? We don't need to talk about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I wasn't, but now I wish I had been. Because um, I have no idea what that means. But we, it's so common that we can be like, that probably had no impact. Mm. At the same time, we're called to be like warriors, right? And yeah. take ground for Christ. And I think that we, in our human-sized intellect, 
brush things off as so insignificant and not substantial for the kingdom when in reality if we're all doing those types of things that in and of itself is a mighty push sometimes everybody thinks they gotta have a like a david and goliath moment or a samson moment or something like that sometimes you just have a rahab sometimes you just need to wash feet sometimes you're washing feet sometimes you're just like hiding somebody out right yeah but giving them a safe place yeah yeah but all of those were still bold with their faith yeah. Even Rahab, where she, all she had to do was hide some people. That was still bold in her faith. Yeah. Bold for what she knew. Bold right. for what she was standing for. And obedient. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. So good. I think the the biggest obstacle most most Christians face is they they think their testimony is insignificant or they're not familiar with their testimony. I can take you... Was he listening in on our conversation? <laughs> I can take you. Do you know what's funny? Because I was like, who's she talking to? Who's she, who's she talking to over there? No, I, can, I can take you through testimony after testimony in my life where yeah. God has done things, mm-hmm. right? So I can, I can play it in my imagination like a movie, like, wow, God, right. you did this, this, and this. So when I talk to people, I'm thankful for what God's done. Yeah. So it's like what comes out because it's not because like I'm always just thinking about it is is because I I feel like other people need it. Yeah. And not even just the big things. I, okay, thank you. So when he says testimony, yeah. Everybody goes to Dave and Goliath. Yeah. Everybody goes he, to so Samson. So Joe tells his his testimony of being delivered, but he also gives testimony about praying himself to the gas station. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when he says, I can recall these testimonies, they range from like pebble (laughs) to huge rock. I was before church this morning, I went to a job and a maintenance guy from a company that I've talked to maybe like five times Mm -hmm. shows up, pulls up. I'm thinking, oh, I got to get out of this guy's way. So I walk out and I'm like, you got something to do here? And he's like, no, I just seen your truck. I'm like, oh. And he starts talking to me about another place that, that I've been in. And we're talking, and somehow we end up having this full conversation. Didn't even get to work. Had to, like, bomb out of there and get to church. Yeah. Had this conversation. He starts telling me how his, he's got twin boys, mm-hmm. one of which was born with cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Immediately, I, like, he's like, he told me in a way that, I don't want to say he looked shameful, but he, like, he didn't know what kind of an audience I was going to be to that information. So when he told me about his two sons, he told me about the one that's super active and healthy. And then he kind of put his head down and said, my other son has this, but he's doing good because of this, this and some surgeries. And I said, what happened? Umbilical cord around his neck or what? And he's like, Oh, it was this and this. And then <clears throat> they were really premature. Like, like. Are they twins? Yeah, yeah. They're twins. Oh, okay. Like Ashton Kutcher and his brother. So mm. we Literally get talking same. and I start sharing with them about Brian's experience. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Now our, all our of a brother sudden, has cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Now all of a sudden he's fully engaged in the conversation. And I'm like, yeah, my brother had this surgery. <clears throat> to lengthen his heel cord. <clears throat> heel cord and reattach yeah. tendons so that he didn't walk on his tiptoe. And he's like, my son just had that surgery. Yeah. And he said it was pretty traumatic, and, but now he's doing really good. Because mm-hmm. the they, they can't do it when they're little. Yeah. They have to do it when they start to grow a little bit. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and now mm-hmm. he's like playing baseball and running bases and stuff. Yeah. But it, it got to a point where I was explaining to him what a miracle his child is. Yeah. When I think of testimony, I too probably consistently think about like, well, I shared my testimony mm-hmm. and I'm thinking you told people your testimony, which you can hear in a previous episode, parts one and two of Joe's testimony and Heidi's testimony as well. But like, I never probably think about the day to day, right? Mm. Which is, it's interesting it kind of gives me a different, it uh-huh. gives me pause. Uh-huh. You know, I think it's easy to dismiss the day-to-day small stuff Yeah. when you're waiting for an answer to a different prayer. Yeah. One that feels bigger. Oh, yeah. Yep. 
and you overlook and that can happen financially. It can happen with physical healing. Like you forget to be grateful that you woke up this morning Mm -hmm. because your foot still hurts. I just seen a video. Yeah. This guy was like, I give you $10 million. Or give you, he said, I give you a million dollars right now. Would you take it? Literally, you, Christina, if I give you a million dollars. This is dollars, not rhetorical. If I give you a million dollars right now, would you take it? Do you feel your life would be much better? I feel like this is a trap. <laughs> yes or no? I mean, if you were giving it and right. there were no strings attached. Right, no strings it can't attached. hurt. Give you a million dollars. What if I gave you 10 million tonight? Mm-hmm. But you don't get to wake up tomorrow. Oh, no, that's dumb. Right. So waking up tomorrow is worth more than $10 million. I think so. So then why don't you wake up every morning feeling like waking up like was 10 million worth, bucks. worth more than $10 million? <clears throat> and it really gets you thinking, like, tomorrow is worth way more than Elon Musk's fortune. Right. You know what I mean? Like, just to be able to get up and be a part... There's so oh, many. I didn't think about being a part, but like I'm like, well, <laughs> so many things. Like I'm not even gonna get to use it then. God is so present. It's already a- 8 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> you only get 36 hours with it. Okay, well maybe my th- I pause a little longer. God Just is kidding. God is so present in your day to day life. Yeah, and all the things that you do. If you look for it, you'll if you see look it. for it. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. And the thing is, is sometimes the biggest testimony is just that you didn't give up. Right. And then you realize that so many times you were ready to. Yeah. But there was something there. And then you can only accredit that something there to God. Right. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. there's so many times where I've, I've been, like, just ready to give up on something or someone. But there was something that didn't allow me to do it. Yeah. And if it ends in a good result, then I would say that something was God. Yeah. Right? Because mm-hmm. there's nothing evil in this atmosphere or this world that wants others to do well or me to do well. Right. So when I, when I see somebody that may be in need of something that I might have been set free from or something that I now possess as a gift from the Holy Spirit, my focus is how do I get that to them? Mm-hmm. And not, not only how do I get that to them, but how do I get them in a position to be able to steward it well? Because I want to see them finish well. Right. I don't want them to continue to suffer. I don't want them to um, take their own life or something at some point because they feel like, their goals are unattainable. Yeah. I was just talking to a young lady in a, in a, an apartment and Max is with me and she's going back to Minnesota. And I said, are you done with school? And she said, almost. Yeah. And I said, well, what are you going for? And she said, marketing. And we got talking and I started sharing with her as a business owner. I, I would pay somebody to market my services and my goods because I wouldn't feel comfortable constantly bragging about how good I am or how much better I am than my competitors. Um, that's just luckily you haven't had to do that really. No. And it's not my personality to just constantly try and sell myself. Um, so I started talking to her about building a portfolio Mm -hmm. and, and just explaining to her that in her mind, she probably thinks it'll take 10 years to build a portfolio. And I said, it doesn't. Right. It takes like two years. Yeah. Um, maybe not even that. Mm-hmm. But just building, your, building yourself on, your, on the successes, right? So you, you offer your services um, for a consult of everything you've learned and then your yeah. life application. And you get yourself in a position. So when I think about those things spiritually, I know what I've been through. I've, I've got a portfolio that's filled full of, of victories, right? We talked about that once at a women's breakfast. Do you remember? We said people need to start writing things down because it's your spiritual resume. 
Yeah. Yeah. I've overcome mm -hmm. through through the blood of Christ. I've overcome suicidal thoughts. Yeah. Depression, anxiety, mm -hmm. probably mm -hmm. bipolar disorder, but I was never diagnosed. There's so many times where we deem ourselves as incredible. Like, I don't have anything to offer. Right. Right. And God's standing back like, what have I done? Nothing your mm -hmm. entire life. You're not where you were three years ago. Right. S spiritually, you're not even close to where you were three years ago. Right. Boldness, not even close to where you were 10 years ago. You've come so far. So those things should be in a, a place held sacred between you and God mm -hmm. and readily available for anybody he puts in your path. Right. So it's like, okay, what, what have I overcome through, through the blood of Jesus? Mm -hmm. What have I overcome through this relationship with him? Uh, what have I learned to navigate well? Like for me, um, I still struggle with like quick little blow ups, yeah. but they don't last as long anymore. <laughs> the crazy thing is, is, is we don't think those things are testimonies. Yeah. So we don't feel that those are things we should source to other people. But again, I do think that it's because we, I think that people overlook the small things that yeah. they've gotten victory on because they're still imperfect in others. Mm. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's easy to be like, I'm still unworthy. Yeah. Because even, yeah. Okay. So I didn't blow up over here, Yeah. but I did do this other thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they rob themselves of the blessing of having that and sharing that testimony. Yeah. Oh man. <clears throat> because they're still in the middle of being taken from glory to glory. Yeah. But we're all, we're all works in progress. Every single one of us. Every, mm -hmm. Everybody knows about Jezebel. Go read mm -hmm. about Ahab, right? <sighs> because Eli Elijah comes to Ahab yep. and he says, you know, God's going to destroy you. Mm -hmm. And this guy goes bananas. He gets sackcloth, ashes, yeah. Throws himself before the Lord. Tears his clothes. Yeah. Tears his garment. He was a bit of a basket case. <laughs> and what does God do? God says, God says, go and tell him that because of what he's just done and he's just humbled himself before me, yeah. I'm going to remove the curse from him, but it'll happen to his kid. If God will do that for the most wicked king. Ahab. That literally was Dude, just going Ahab wild sucks. with abominations and yeah. evil things and going after people of God. And if God will literally salvage the rest of the years of that man's life, yeah. whatever you've done, right. you know what I mean? Like yeah. we can't hold ourselves in this contempt. That's, that's Therefore, what it is, yeah. there is now no condemnation in for those yeah. who are in Christ Jesus or whatever Paul says. I can't remember exactly. But we have to get to a place where we we realize God's not waiting for an opportunity to take our head off. Yeah. He's waiting for an opportunity for for him to be able to use an imperfect vessel to mm -hmm. to make the perfect ministry. When the prodigal son comes home, mm -hmm. he has the robe and the ring. And he's ready to throw a party. Yeah. yeah. And we're the idiots that are like, no, don't mind me. I'm just going to go eat out of the pig trough. Yeah. Now you're credible because it, it's never you been know. you or your discipline. You're credible now because it's been God. Yeah. It's his, his name. Right. That we carry. I would much rather listen to mm -hmm. somebody that um, in their own eyes wouldn't think they're worthy, but because God's put them in a place of anointing because of what he's brought them out of and that they give him full acknowledgement and glory for it. In 2 Timothy 4, I'm in the Amplified Classic again. Mm -hmm. This is Paul talking. He says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by in the light of his coming and his kingdom, herald and preach the word. Keep your sense of urgency, stand by, be at hand and ready. Whether the opportunity seems to be favorable or unfavorable, whether it is convenient or inconvenient, whether it is welcome or unwelcome, as, ye, 
you as preacher of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong and convince them, rebuking and correcting, warning and urging and encouraging them, being unflagged and inexhaustible in patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not tolerate and endure sound and wholesome instruction, but having ears itching for something pleasing and gratifying, they will gather to themselves one teacher after another to, to a considerable number chosen to satisfy their own liking and to foster the errors they hold and will turn aside from hearing the truth and wander off into myths and man-made fictions. As for you, be calm and cool and steady. Accept and suffer unflinchingly every hardship. Every hardship. Do, do the work of the evangelist. Fully perform all the duties of your ministry. When, when you think about your testimony and you think about seeing the kingdom come yeah. and you think about what Paul's calling us to there, uh, there's so much to unpack just mm -hmm. in those scriptures. Yeah. Herald and preach the word. People are like, well, not everybody's called to preach. Well, can I tap on that for a second too? Yeah. Because we, the, we live in a big like society, culture, whatever you want to talk about it, where yeah. you got to do everything through love, mm -hmm. right? But people have started to use it in like a negative connotation yeah, so they don't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. Well, you better be careful because that better be done in love. You better be make sure that you're doing it in love. Mm. And it, what happens, it, so John the Baptist, okay, told everybody how it was. Yeah. Everybody, mm -hmm. repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mm -hmm. Even to the king, don't sleep with your brother's, sister, or your brother's wife. Like yeah. Jonah. Your brother's sister either, honestly. <laughs> like Jonah, <laughs> repent. You know what I mean? Yes. Daniel, yeah. repent. David, yeah. repent. Like every one of these people in the mm -hmm. Bible, they, you can't tell me that they didn't do it out of love. Right. But it's the love that we don't want to see you die and go mm -hmm. to hell. The love that we don't want to see your soul lost to yeah. a, a depth of despair eternity. Right. That is what we, so when, when they say do it, but do it through love, Okay, well, do it through the love of you don't want to see them perish. Yeah, you love people enough to pluck them. Doing it from out of love flames. does not mean that you you don't say anything and you mm -hmm. just let their sin keep continuing and you say nothing. Because if you're constantly condoning what they're doing, they're never going to want to get out of it because they have no reason to. Right. Well, it says herald and preach the word. Uh, keep your sense of urgency. That's huge with me. I have a sense mm -hmm. of urgency, and that's right. why. I, I understand that if, if you get in your car and I was put in your path to share good news and I don't do it because I'm busy or because I don't feel like it or I feel unholy because of an argument I had with my wife before I left, yeah. you know, like if I let something so insignificant that God can fix stop me from following through with the call, it says... Herald and preach the word. Keep your sense of urgency. Stand by. Be at hand and ready. Hmm. Whether the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable. So he's giving you both sides of the coin. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're going to be walking into a harvest, and it's going to be sweet, and you're going to pick fruit, and everybody's going to cry and receive Christ together. Mm -hmm. Other times it's going to be unfavorable. It's going to be raining waterlogged and you're going to think nothing can grow in these conditions other times it's going to be a drought you know what i mean so yeah but he says those that wait upon me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i'll renew their strength right yeah. mm -hmm. so it, it, despite you know unfavorable conditions mm -hmm. right whether it is convenient or inconvenient whether it is welcome or unwelcome you as preacher of the word are to show people in what way their lives are wrong. Right there. If you're doing it in love, like don't use the I gotta do it in love as an escape to not tell people what's going on. Or to keep your mouth shut. They yeah. need to know. Mm -hmm. They well, need to know. 
You have to love them enough to tell them. Yeah. Jude, it says that we're we're to the Holy Spirit will let us know when to have pity on people and how to react. Mm -hmm. But we're not supposed to allow the spottedness of their garment to get on us, right? So you can, when you minister to somebody that's clearly doing something wrong, and they're waiting for you to affirm that lifestyle, Mm -hmm. so that they can have a defense. You don't need me to affirm anything you're doing unless you're trying to build a defense. Right. So when when it comes to me assessing a situation and taking inventory to what's going on, what got you here, what got me here, and if it's something that the wages of are death, yeah, the wages of sin are death, then I have to go right back to the commandments. I cannot mm-hmm. bear false witness. Yeah. I cannot have any other gods before him. And I know the eternity that I was headed for. Mm-hmm. And it was, I was raised in church. Right. And it was not good. It was very lonely and dark. And I don't believe, you know, that, that it was a place created for me to go. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So to now have that kind of a knowledge and to see people in in the eyes of Christ, that he said, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. That's how you approach somebody. Mm-hmm. And if, if they're, if they're, if it's inconvenient or unfavorable, mm-hmm. the truth will set you free. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. We are so blessed to have the privilege to share with you. If you haven't already, please connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us by searching at The Real King Podcast. That's at T-H-E Real King Podcast. The Real King Podcast is recorded in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. It is hosted by Joe and Heidi King, who are joined each week by Christina Santamaria as a moderator and contributor. It is produced and edited by Joe and Heidi King and Carlos and Christina Santamaria. All content is under copyright and all rights are reserved.